This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome. It's our bonus Q&A episode for uh, Books of the Year and Adele Parks has come in a second time. I mean, obviously we record these entirely separately. Yeah, we do. One week apart. Yeah. Uh, and But she didn't begrudge us. She just thought, no, I'm going to imagine this is the pig in the middle of London. <laughs> exactly. Um, Adele Parks and uh, her, her brand new book, which you can hear us talk about on our companion podcast, is just between us. But we're not talking about that just now we have other broader questions for you adele and the key question right at the very beginning as ever is what is the last book that you really really enjoyed reading okay so i literally finished a book yesterday and it was by abigail dean who originally uh, her first book her debut book was girl a oh wow i love that book there we go so okay. did i and so her second book is called day one and it isn't out yet. It's not out till January, but I've got a proof. And I was so nervous about reading it because I loved Girl A mm. so much. But it's fine. You can read it because you're going to love this one just as much. It's actually, a tr again, very Abigail. She tackles incredibly tragic subjects, but does it with such beauty and a real deft hand that you find you can go there. This is about a school killing. Um, in a primary school in the UK. So it is shocking, but she does it so it's not gratuitous and it's about the aftermath um, and beautifully structured. She's so skilled. You wouldn't think it was her second book. You'd think it was her, like, 10th book or something. Excellent. See, that sounds like a work of genius. If you can if you can approach a topic that's that grim, which a lot of people go, I don't want to go, you know, life, the news is mm. grim. I don't want to have more of that uh, in a book. In fact, we tackled... Uh, a book a, a couple of episodes ago by American writer S.A. Cosby, which is exactly, also has that as the as the opening premise. But you have to be particularly skilled to make us want to go there and to follow the story. Yeah. She actually moves on from the killing very quickly and she talks about uh, the grieving community. And even then she does, she talks about, actually, it's about conspiracy theorists not accepting it really happened which is even more bizarre. Wow. I know. But I've never read a book like it, so it's great. So Abigail came on to, do, to talk about oh, did she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She we loves, love that lovely, book. isn't she? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there a plot or a character that you wish you'd come up with, Adele? Mm, that's a good question. Um, Plot-wise, um, Jilly McAllister wrote a book, well, it was published last year, called Wrong Time, Wrong Place, and it's about sort of 
a crime that happens and then the mother keeps going back in time to try and solve that crime. And I actually am very glad she wrote it because then I didn't know what was going to happen and it was so well done and I loved it. So that's brill. But I did enjoy the fact she took herself out of the genre by playing with time because that's almost sci-fi really mm. it's not just a thriller then is it it's sci-fi and i remember reading time traveler's wife and thinking that and thinking gosh how brave and experimental to just go there and i've never done that yet so i've written in romantic comedy i've written historical i've written thrillers but i haven't yet done a concept book where i've just played with something taken either the afterlife or time travel or anything like that and I think I'd quite like to play with that one time but you've you told us in the last podcast that you've already so you're writing the next book you've already got the book <laughs> after that knocking on the door so we're now talking uh, this is now just for your publisher uh, we're now 26. talking 20, 26 yeah we are Imagine I have got a contract till 26 so they're going that organized wow <laughs> um do you have a favorite place or room or piece of furniture where you love to read. Let's leave the pig at Coombe or any other pig hotels to one side. They've had enough of a plug. Is there a, a room or a place or a piece of furniture where you love to read? Yeah, I love reading in my own home. I mean, I'll read anywhere, but I love reading in my own home. And we have a lot of places, like chairs set, where I know the sun, if we get it, is going to come through. And I'm like little cat. I need to move around where... The sun is so I'm very happy with different pieces of furniture but I like being in my own home and I like the sun coming through the window I like feeling that warmth on my skin um yeah so the best one really is in the front room front of the tv but with the tv off um and it's a very very long blue sofa and it's so long that I can lie on it and have my feet up, and my husband can lie the other end, and his feet up, and we still don't have to touch, which sounds awful, <laughs> but yeah. it's actually lovely. It sounds like the longest sofa in the history it, of sofas. I was going to really say, our long. sofa is like that, and it took a night. It was a nightmare getting him in the house. Exactly, I almost gave up. Yeah. Almost gave up. Almost, yeah. Just leave it in the hall. We'll never yeah. get it in the front I've room. I've got a radical idea for both of you: two sofas, <laughs> yeah. a yeah. sofa each, his and hers. <laughs> but occasionally, I do like to nudge his foot and know he's there. But you know, most of the time, that would I'm be like really state. annoying. Imagine. <laughs> You're reading a book and there's someone just touching your nudging, toes. Get off. Nudging you. Um, if you were to um, go back to university, Adele, what, what is it that you would study, given a sort of open, open choice of anything mm. you wanted? What would you go for instead? Okay, so I did do English, which I fought quite hard to do English because my parents didn't really... They didn't really object, but they didn't really see the point of it. Mm. Ha! Mm. I showed them. Yeah. But now if I went back, I would go and study something more vocational, I think. Um, I would like to do something like, I don't know, a film course, a production course, so that I could come out and, and have, a, have a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as it happens, I did get a job out of my English degree, but I don't know if I would make that. So what were you doing with your English degree when you came out? Oh, originally I went and did TEFL teaching in Italy. Oh, right, okay. And then I came back and worked in advertising, and then I became a novelist. We like to surprise um, our guests with a question from a fellow author. You're looking at my sheet, so you can see. <laughs> I can't see that distance, so okay. we're fine. <laughs> no glasses on. So we have a voice note here from someone who you know. Here we go. Hi Simon, hi Matt, and hello lovely Adele. I'm sitting here at the airport, 
thinking about the three of you, especially thinking of you, Adele, because you know I love you. So here's my question. How do you keep coming up with the brilliant characters and the brilliant stories? What is going on inside that fabulous mind of yours? Big kisses. So normally I do, normally I say, and here's Gabby Roslin. And then the, the, the thing comes in, it says, hi, it's Gabby Roslin. I'm thinking, okay, I sound stupid. So this time I didn't say that. And, and she true didn't. enough, yeah. So that was Gabby Roslin, but you might have known that. I anyway. did. And what is your answer to Gabby? Um, well, it's very kind of her to think of brilliant ideas and um, brilliant characters. I, I don't know. I don't understand how people can write music, the people that can. You know, I don't understand that process. I just think they're phenomenal and there's something in their brains that allows that to happen or people who paint or people who are engineers or people who solve maths problems we've all got different brains that do different things mine makes up stuff and my brain has always made up stuff I've I've never looked at something and thought it was just what it is so even when I look at you know three microphones several times today I've thought what else they could be and that they could be people and what people would they be and uh, you know what's the relationship between them and I used to sorry you looked at our microphones yeah. and wondered if they were people well I didn't I obviously know they're not people because <laughs> that would make me mad yeah. but when I was a yeah kind of I looked at them and I thought I wonder what sort of personality if that was a person it would have and that's just how my mind works I look at inanimate objects all the time and think you know if I was to personify it how would it be um, and that is just how my, yeah, you see, you think that's nuts. And that is just how my mind works. I remember think, thinking Christmas tree dressing was brilliant because I would get these ornaments out and they all had stories and drove my parents mad because it took forever to dress that tree because each one I got out, I was like, oh, well, this year what they've been doing. And my mum's just like, get it on the tree, just put it on the tree, don't care, put it on the tree. Um, I just make up stories and always have, probably always will. Okay, so Gabby. It's just a talent, is what we're saying. Gabby Roslin, there's your answer. Yeah. Um, do it's you... a really random answer. Sorry, Gabby, I'll try and come up with something better. <laughs> so, Adele, do you have a favourite author? And as a supplementary, have you ever met that favourite author? Oh, oddly, yes. Uh-huh. On uh, Friday. And I'd never met her before. So, Kate Atkinson. Uh-huh. And I'd never met her before. And I, uh, I normally say, oh, I really struggle to have a favourite author because I have lots of friends who are authors. So I like them because of my mm. friends and I like them because of their work and all sorts of reasons. But I had never met uh, Kate. And I normally met, you know, I do lots of festivals. You normally bump into lots of authors. Um, I remember her first book, Behind the Scenes of the Museum. And I wasn't published and she got published. I think it was about 95, maybe 96. And I remember so falling in love with that book. It's She's a Yorkshire girl, so am I. Um... And I've followed her career. She's amazing. She, you know, she writes literary books. She writes genre books. Uh, she, in fact, she wouldn't even class them as genre books. She just writes what she likes. She's very, very talented. And then I met her on a Capital Crime Book Festival on Friday. And she was delightful. I was a bit worried. You know how yeah, to say, don't yeah. meet your heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a bit nervous. But anyway, she said good things and I liked her. On a previous episode of this podcast, um, we had your pal and fellow author Lisa Jewell on, and uh, you sent in uh, a question asking what her favourite karaoke song was, which was suitably uh, left field. Now, obviously, we have to follow yeah, that out. It's another, I mean, we know what your musical taste is yeah. and how strangely <laughs> personal it is. 
What is your, if you, do you have a go-to karaoke song? And why did you ask that, Lisa Jewell, anyway? Uh, I do have a go-to karaoke song, and it is really embarrassing, but I will tell you anyway. And it is Hey Big Spender by Shirley Bassey. There 100%. I've been singing that since I was five-year-old, and badly, but it hasn't stopped me. And I asked Lisa, because we have done karaoke together, and I might have been a little bit merry and can't remember what <laughs> she sang. And I just afterwards thought, I wonder what she did sing. And when you asked me to do that, I thought, oh, here's my moment to find out. It's a very raunchy song to be singing from an early age. Hey, oh, Spender. I know. I... Spend a little time <laughs> with me. But I suppose <laughs> when you're a kid, you don't know, do you? No. You just don't know. You just learn the words the way you learn a nursery rhyme. I mean, if you think of nursery rhymes, they're absolutely vile anyway, aren't they? You know, like something comes along and pecks off your nose, but you, yes. don't, you don't care. You I remember getting an email from, or, a, or a text or something from my sister when her kids were younger and at radio when we were playing Getting Jiggy With It. <laughs> and she said, I am having so many questions from my kids. Also, she's a, a teacher. So, you know. Yeah, you, and you just you just don't think, no, apparently when I was... What's a, that then? What's getting jiggy? Yeah, you? exactly. When I was a little girl, apparently, I saw Shirley Bassey on television on a Saturday night and I was just entranced by her and her dresses. And I remember asking my parents if she got more than 10p pocket money and how long it takes to save up for a dress like that, which amused them. Yeah, yeah. And also, if you're doing karaoke, you have to be merry. I, I tend yes, to find there's no way I'm getting up there. Yeah, I can't sing. I mean, I, I know my talents and that's not one of them. Mm. Um, so, uh, obviously, Adele, you're known for your fiction and a voracious reader of fiction books. As you say, more than a thousand you'd read before your, your first book. What about non-fiction? Do you read it uh, or is it just for... Often when we have fiction authors on, they say, yeah, I do read non-fiction, but it's only for, for research. research. Yeah, I think... Do you read any for non-research purposes? No, not really, if I'm honest. Um, I do I do read for research and um, and then I suppose my non-fiction after that's more likely to be articles so you know article length so something you know newspapers really I don't settle into full books although I am about to start reading a book on um, accent and what that means because I always find that fascinating and somebody said they'd written this book and I thought I want to read that what is that book? It. I knew you'd ask me that. I can't remember. It's, uh, I will find out and send you a message and okay. tell you what it is. But it's a book about But it's accents. a book about accents and about class and about why we judge people with certain accents. And I've always found that fascinating ever since I read the play Pygmalion by George Bernard Shaw, who was, you know, in Victorian days saying this uh, one phrase always stays with me, this ancient class distinction should be antique. And they actually used that in the song for My Fair Lady when they made it into a musical. And it's absolutely true. When we talk about levelling up, the way we could level up is if we all spoke in a similar way or we didn't judge people if they speak in a different way. Is there a book or series of books that you always like to give as a gift? Hmm. Uh, no, because I do love giving books as gifts, but I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all. and. I don't, I don't want to push that view. So I think very carefully about the person I'm giving it to and think what might appeal to them. Because I think there is a bit of a problem that when people say they don't like reading, it's usually because a book has been foisted upon mm. them, that they didn't work with them, didn't chime. And then after that, they just assume they're not going to like any book. So I would never push my tastes on someone else. I think it would be much more of a gift if I thought about what might work for them. So, no, I don't have one particular 
one that I push on. So does that mean you would give a book as a gift that you didn't particularly like? Yes. But yeah. Yeah, because I know if I was buying, for, say, my dad, I would definitely think, right, he'll want he'll want a sports biog. That's what he'll want. You know, that's what he'll read. And he might read some, if he's going to read fiction, it would be a, a crime fiction with, a, 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 let me be honest, a male uh, detective narrating. And that's where we go. And I know he'd be happy with that. And sometimes I might spring something on a on a somebody who reads a lot I might spring something go this this will just push you miss might be a bit different you might like it you might not but on the whole I don't think it's much of a gift to foist my opinion um so libraries feature in just between us uh, as discussed before and uh, we're big champions of libraries on this podcast uh, when was the last time you found yourself in a library uh Wednesday Ah, that was good, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, very yeah. impressive. Yeah, so um, because I'm I'm a big supporter of libraries as well. I work with um, the National Literacy Trust and the Reading Agency, both UK charities that are very supportive of um, various literacy programs and our libraries. Um, yeah, I'm. It, it's important that we go to our libraries because they closed. People say, "Oh, you know, it's terrible. Libraries are closing down." Well, they're closing down because there's not enough footfall. Mm. So go to your library and visit it because it probably isn't still the library of your childhood that you think it is. Uh, nobody is going to shush you anymore. Kids are welcome. Uh, they, there is the internet. They might help you with printing something. And there's loads of books. So, yeah. Finally, you're throwing a fantasy literary dinner party, Adele, and you can invite three authors, living or dead. Mm. Who's coming? Well, I would go dead because... If it's fantasy, I'd be dead. Because obviously, if they're living, I probably could put a dinner party together anyway. So. And that would be embarrassing for the authors that <laughs> yeah. who aren't invited, who yeah. know you. Yeah, yeah they'd yeah. all go, yeah. right, well, cheers, Parks. Um, no, so dead authors, I think. I mean, I'd have to have Jane Austen. I just would. It's just, I don't, you know, she's there with her little biting wit um, and, and probably turning her nose up as all of us really secretly but yeah she'd be great I'd have Charles Dickens there as well I'm going really mainstream because I think Charles Dickens we're talking dinner party where we want the conversation to mm. flow he's going to keep talking isn't he and then I think I'd have somebody moody and Russian yeah you'd go Tolstoy because he would have that sort of you know throw your toys out the cop moment be a bit moody, be a bit aggressive, but spark up the evening. I think this could be brilliant. Okay, well, that yeah, there's a there's a <laughs> there's a movie in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Adele, thank you very much for coming back and uh, and talking to us. Uh, Just between us is the new book published by Harper Collins. is out now. You can hear it discuss that book in detail in our other podcast if you haven't got to it already. We'll be back next week. Hope you can join us then. Adele will be with us in about a year. I guess. Maybe. I so. Yeah. I love coming in. Excellent. Adele, thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts.